Welcome to the New Habits Podcast, where executives and MVPs from Microsoft Partners discuss the Microsoft Teams application and its use in enterprises. Hello, and welcome everybody to this month's edition of the New Habits Podcast. Uh, my name's Susie Dean, and I'm joined by our regular panel, uh, Victor Velen, Wes Hackett, and Paul Schaeflein. This week, we're going to be talking about communications, uh, but within the context of the Microsoft Teams service. In mid-July, Microsoft announced that it's going to be possible in the coming weeks and months to uh, deliver priority notifications to members of your team. Uh, That meaning that uh, one would be able to send a note uh, that's a time-sensitive message and Teams will automatically ping the recipient every two minutes on their mobile and desktop until they get a response. That capability was announced alongside uh, read receipts the ability to deliver highlighted announcements through the Teams platform, adding visuals and large, bold titles, a little like we perhaps would have found uh, with a SharePoint News article. And they've also announced that there's going to be channel uh, cross-posting, meaning we can type a post in a single team and broadcast it to multiple teams. So this raises a lot of questions for our panel this week, especially in relation to the traditional intranet and where uh, a communications professional or indeed an operational communications professional should be going to talk to uh, the wider business nowadays. So I'm going to throw the first question straight out to the floor, uh, which is in light of these announcements that Microsoft have made, how do we see Teams fitting with the traditional notions of intranet, which were very much focused on SharePoint? So uh, let's start uh, from my point of view. I Yes, teams will probably eat a piece of that cake, but I do not think intranets will be gone. We've been having them for 20, 25 years now, and we will still have them for a foreseeable future. I think uh, there are many things, capabilities in teams, and I, I don't think teams ever will do that, sort of like the traditional kind of pages or information. But as you mentioned, there's a lot of features coming in Microsoft Teams that makes uh, perhaps an internet more useful where you actually can get notifications out and and actually collaborate in a better way. But I think that's in combination with the traditional internet within quotes, so to say, where you have the communications department with with an obligation to push out information, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Teams will be another channel where we see that kind of communications going out. But there are several scenarios, such as when in in many organizations you need some kind of information architecture, you need documentation, those kind of things. And uh, I'd rather not see that happening in Microsoft Teams. Who knows what what they have up their sleeve, but I do do not think that Teams is that kind of uh, tool for that. And I would agree. I, I and I can't imagine like, if a communications department puts together a release of some sort that's many paragraphs long. I, I can't imagine trying to read that in the chat experience. That would seem difficult to me. So, I would think an experienced uh, intranet manager, if you will, would would maybe put the lead in into or with a link to the the details back on your intranet. So I still see this being complementary to the intranet as opposed to a replacement. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting viewpoint, isn't it? Because the the aspiration, I guess, is that those corporate pushes, whether it be sort of a localized thing or a from the center push, 
are sort of logically being grouped with you or I pinging each other as a, as a level of importance. You know, so it's it's an interruption to your day as if somebody IMs you. If you, if you start thinking about, you know, injecting that into one-to-one personal chat or the channel chat, you're really starting to, to, to elevate those messages into the human being to human being engagement. And I, and I saw a, an interesting, it, not related to team specifically, but an interesting uh, Twitter thread uh, a couple of days ago where there were some uh, intranet managers, intranet experts engaging uh, on the conversation of, you know, Yammer versus SharePoint versus Teams versus, you know, they were talking about all the technology stack uh, around that. And, and one of the one of the people within the conversation dived in and said, yeah, but how does, how does that actually affect your comm strategy? Because unless you're thinking about where your, your employees are and, and what's going to interrupt them to make them understand or consume your content, you know, it's like the it, it, it's irrelevant of which tech stack you did if you haven't got a strategy to understand where people are going to consume that content from. And again, the, you know, the conversation branched. And I think some of these new features in Teams, because they're now elevating announcement style content, both to a team and to an individual, we do have the opportunity to paradigm shift what it means to target you know, because we've had for years, the intranet has been a Venn diagram of profile information, you know, you know, managing profile attributes and making sure that they, they're up to date. Doesn't really work in a global organization because people travel. I mean, you, you, you guys on the call, you know, we, we, go, we go global quite often. We're in different offices. We're in different countries. If we have a fixed attribute, our targeting mechanism is immediately broken. Whereas by introducing this paradigm of target the team with the message they need i think you know we we do have the opportunities to start seeing audiences and 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 targeted messages in a whole new light it's it's no longer a a profile and a content metadata venn diagram it's a well, I'm the communications expert and I understand my ecosystem and I understand that this is going to affect this part of the ecosystem, especially things like retail, first-line workers. You know, this, I think, has got a huge opportunity there for, for comms teams to get really engaged in, in, in push mechanisms. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that's, that is a super important thing for the comms people to understand that Teams is something that exists in their companies. And many people will live in Teams. And you mentioned first-line workers. That might be their primary application. They will not go to the internet. But the, the content might live in the internet, but they need to push out to the different kind of channels, either through the different kind of mechanisms that exist in Teams, connectors, tabs, bots, whatever. So they have to understand that concept and also understand that I would say that the conversational aspect of it is no point in pushing, as you mentioned, Paul, a very lengthy post in there. It has to be that kind of exciting thing. So it makes you actually jump over to the tab or whatever, or the internet to actually read that information or ask for more information. And and the, I think that's a big opportunity for, for uh, making the internet even more uh, exciting with the use of Teams. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the point that's made, which is for the end user, it could get quite noisy and quite distracting because we've got everything coming into our team's UI uh, increasingly and really where for a communications professional, um, on the one hand, this is really great news because as you say, where's, there's effectively a new model of content targeting available that's much more human and probably useful actually in terms of 
how you might want your messaging to, to get out through the business. It is also the case that there is an extra special need for communications people to really think about the right channels for their messaging and not just sort of um, blanket blast uh, all kinds of basic and probably not very high priority comms through all of the available channels. So it's, I think it's, it's a huge opportunity, but it comes with a, it comes with a reasonable dose of risk, um, and probably uh, there's there's certain you know almost certainly uh, a role there for partners and um, broader office three six five professionals to really think through their comm strategy and, and bring it into line with the tools in an appropriate way. Um, yeah, and and to expand on that a little bit, Susie, right? The I'm sure all of us have seen this here. There's there's news, and maybe it's published to it's relevant to teams, but it's also relevant to Office 365, and it's also relevant to the community. So you end up seeing the same message in four different channels because the overlap between channels. So it's while you're you're correct, they can't just blast it everywhere all the time, but. Ideally, you would also think what back to Wes's point about a Venn diagram between things. Am I going to be inundating the same message in multiple teams and the humans involved are going to be seeing that same message over and over again? And then it becomes noise and then it becomes ignored. I think it's interesting as well from the uh, sort of communications professionals perspective, because for a a long time, of course, SharePoint has been the, the traditional home of intranet and it, you know, the, the, the Microsoft product group have worked with that notion as well because other services like Stream and Yammer have effectively web parts available out of the box that you can put into that SharePoint interface, um, which has given everybody sort of directly and probably quite subconsciously that cue that, okay, we kind of want to centralize our comms on the SharePoint part of the platform. But this does feel like uh, quite a step change, albeit a positive one for the reasons we've talked about. Um, but it is another way uh, or, or at least another angle that communications people are, are going to need to consider when they're, when they're thinking about their comms. But we've got, we've got some gaps in this, this user paradigm that I think are, are going to be real hurdles for, for, the, for the communications and marketing teams to get over. And, and it's, it's simple things like the you know if i'm in sharepoint communication site or a sharepoint team site behind the team's experience and i publish a news article whether that be the link or the full article promote adds it to a navigation sends it as an email it doesn't have promote into teams promote as a message send to various communities within the team's environment and i think this is where i'd like to see the microsoft family become a bit tighter in the sense of when when you're the the operations of the communicating um element of the business you're you're looking and and you're creating that rich um media laden content in that sharepoint page Within that SharePoint page, it's very hard to just get it out into the team's ecosystem. You have to cut and paste the URL. You don't get a, you know a good summary that comes into Teams. You know, like if you're on the web and you grab a URL and it unpacks that, you 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 don't you don't have those options within the news experience. So I think you know if if the teams and the SharePoint ecosystem want to sort of really tighten this this new paradigm up there needs to be much tighter integrations coming out of where the content sits coming out of the sharepoint part displaying into um 
you know, being able to get those editors to create pushes from the pages. And at the moment, that's a that's a partner opportunity or a custom dev opportunity. It's not very difficult to do, but it should be out the box, in my opinion. You know, there's there's still quite a number of core features in both Teams and SharePoint Online that are missing that would tighten that integration. And it's and it's very reminiscent of the the Yammer and SharePoint integration and and how that never got close enough to really help Yammer become a fabric. It was always, you know, you want to post stuff into Yammer, you had to dive out into Yammer to 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 do that. it's it's a, it's a it's a big gap and i think i think where i where i see the marketing and communications teams really getting confused at the moment is they see a thing like promote but it's only promote onto a sharepoint navigation or send us an email it's not promote into the community it's not promote into yammer it's not promote into teams it's not promote across channel that sort of thing but there does seem to be at least some level of change at the product group level towards consolidation if we think about what's happened with live events and the fact that that can be surfaced and ran through Yammer or Teams, it, it feels helpful to say, do you want to run a live event? Right. You have a choice of whether you're going to use the Teams or the Yammer channel to do that, dependent on how broadly you want to broadcast uh, and engage people. Um where we're talking about things like, uh, you know, the announce or the promote, it almost feels like it would be useful if they were considered in the same light so that we just have the notion of an announcement and there's a choice about where that goes. Yes, I agree, but I'm not so sure it's in Microsoft interest to narrow it down. I think the the productivity for all people everywhere and that's why we get all this overlap. So while I agree with the sentiment, I'm somewhat skeptical of a, a resolution. And and what do we think about the, the messaging divergence uh, that seems to be happening almost in, in parallel to the convergence of things like live events? And what I mean by that is we've got Yammer, which is still the go-to place for conversations. Um, we've got comments in SharePoint that don't feel connected to, to very much at all. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the sort of Teams conversations and announcements as well. Um, do we uh, do we think these should be joined up or would that make life too complicated? Oh, the magic question. <laughs> I don't think there's an ideal solution for this Uh as it is right now, it's not perfect, but merging it all together and have comments in Yammer or Teams, whatever, from the SharePoint pages, that might not suit everyone. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a big problem for Microsoft being a vendor with all these kind of different clients with all the different requirements. So if, yes, they could potentially create one unified conversational system, but it, that would be too generic for, 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 for clients to use, I guess. Uh, so... It's a really tough question to answer, but and I don't have a magic eight ball to see what or crystal ball to see what what uh, Microsoft is actually doing about this. But it is a problem, rec- well recognized in the community, etc. Specifically, you mentioned that the SharePoint um, news comments, etc. Uh, but should they belong in Yammer? Should they belong in Teams? Uh, it's all different kind of user scenarios. Uh, I don't want to go into the inner and outer loops kind of things, uh, but but I don't think it's it's hard to make the perfect solution here. Uh, 
there's an opportunity, small opportunity in some areas for uh, partner solutions that can do this for specific client requirements. There are some lacking APIs here and there to to make this work right now. And no two no two organizations and and no you can even say different groups in the same organization don't want to interact in the same fashion. So I'm not so sure that that's even the a proper goal, right? Maybe. Maybe this organization wants comments on SharePoint because that's where their their culture is around. So I don't I don't know. Again, it gets back to them being all things for all people and confusing the rest of us. <laughs> and we have to be honest. If they created one unified comment system and whatever, then we would complain about that. <laughs> that we don't have any options. That's just the nature of us being working with SharePoint for far too long. But do you do you, do you think you know if you if you think about the the Yammer user interface? I think there's there's an opportunity if they if they really were feeling brave or bold, take the Yammer interface. You, you know, regardless of the the nuance of how it might look in Windows fluent design language, but let's assume they rebuild it. Imagine if they cut cut it up into its component parts. You know, there's an activity feed, there's a profile bit, there's a group bit, and they made those web parts available in a SharePoint ecosystem. How how much more powerful do you think Yammer's integration becomes with that approach? Because in my mind, one of the one of the stumbling blocks and, and the hardest parts of kind of unifying the conversation piece is I have to dive out into something else to, to have that conversation. I mean, the, the little discuss um, widget that you can put on your blog and replace the inbuilt WordPress comment system was was a kind of light bulb moment for many because they went oh great it means anyone can log in and anyone can have these conversations and it's a it's a familiar thing across the ecosystem so i'm I'm thinking you know if they were feeling really really brave they would chop that yammer ui up and make it available as components that we could much more tightly integrate into any kind of publishing experience with you know be it an intranet or be it you know the team site and and the local thing because you've you've got then the ability to say well we can turn those SharePoint comments off because for our organization it's Yammer that's the backbone but actually we don't need our employees to dive out into this other thing they know and call Yammer we can have the conversation there we can show the smarts around pin documents we can have the announcement features the praise features whatever else it it needs within the content of the page and and, and it kind of becomes in my mind a lot more seamless and, and not and not I don't think, you know, rocket science for the team to achieve because they've built a Yammer web part. They've gone through the auth piece. Paul's laughing. He's, the auth is easy, right? <laughs> um, but they've, gone, they've, they've created APIs. They've got, an, they've got an auth, you know, within, within that model to do the, the, the two out-of-the-box Yammer web parts today. So to build up their new UI isn't going to be as hard as it once was. And I think that, to me, is something that teams would benefit from being able to use because they would be able to say, right, well, we've got this internet content and we can actually decide for our organization how we sew the social experience within it without coming out into this third-party platform that happens to be called Yammer. You see, I actually am a big fan of Yammer. I mean, some of our clients have really adopted it incredibly well. It's been very easy to use because they've got their mobile apps it, it, it feels very feature complete. I mean, everything is in there that you might want to do uh, when it comes to sort of broadcasting communications and having conversations with people. My 
sort of gut concern is that it will take on the uh, sort of treatment of a legacy application to the extent that we have customers who use Yammer really, really well, but for any brand new customers to Office 365 who are just now sort of mapping out how they're going to use the platform, um, you know, that there may well be an inclination to sort of get going with things like announcements and uh, targeted communications in teams because that's where their people are doing teamwork anyway and almost see Yammer as ooh, a bit of a bit of a headache there to get what's effectively the same capability um, through a, a productivity suite. So I really like it. We've seen customers adopt Yammer really, really well, but I'm wondering if in enabling this new tooling in Teams for people that, that are brand new to the platform who don't have that really successful Yammer ecosystem already, the thought of embarking on a Yammer rollout is going to feel a bit much when there's that overlap uh, in teams. Yeah, I agree with you there, Susie. So <clears throat> we have seen, and we do at Avanon, have a really successful Yammer network. Uh, and it works really good for certain conversations, like the long-term conversations or the very broad enterprise-wide conversations. The problem I see with new clients coming in there is that Yammer today feels very disconnected compared to teams. Teams is, of course, within quotes again, replacement for, for Skype and that uh, immediate and quick conversation kind of thing. But it also has uh, an integration to the SharePoint files very easily and those kind of things, which you don't have in, in, in Yammer. So, and, and, and you mentioned the, the UI as well, Wes. So it's the UI looks different, even though team, the Teams client looks a bit different than the rest of the Office 365 suite. But the Yammer looks like the odd bird in some cases in here. And that's can be like like a, a something that you need to to come over when when you're new to Office 365 or Microsoft, Microsoft 365. So where do we think um, ownership of Teams is going to kind of go? Because certainly with the organisations that um, we, we work with directly, there's been a reasonable um, demarcation where comms have sort of owned the SharePoint um, stream territory, Yammer if they're using it, and IT have very much owned, uh, or you know, the transformation team, something like that, have owned the Teams rollout. This does feel like actually comms are going to want a bit of skin in the game here with Teams. And I'm wondering how that's going to go politically speaking, because um, I think it's well documented um, that quite often, particularly in, in early stages of uh, getting teams rolled out, um, IT can be quite nervous, quite conservative, you know, quite restrictive in what they allow the business to do with, with teams. But of course, um, Comms, I, I can well imagine, are now going to be wanting to use some of these tools from the get-go. So do we think this is going to lead to uh, a, a new and loving and lasting relationship between comms and IT, or do we think this is going to be a new battleground? I think it is already a battleground in some cases, because you missed one part there. You mentioned IT and comms, but in many large enterprises, you also have the unified communications people, the video and calling, which is a very big part of Microsoft Teams. So they all have to, to fight for, for that control over Teams and how it should be set up, et cetera, as well. 
and it's a democratizing product. People will create teams on their own, given the permission. And and if if I create a team to, to communicate with people, I don't know that I want comms pushing their stuff in my you know in this work area type of right. So I, I it it yeah battleground I think is the right term. But but but, but it it in my mind it it's it's going to be a battleground if comms don't change their approach to engaging with that business unit but you know with that 30 people 40 people because they're you know if you think about the the sort of obvious stuff that that happens in sort of larger organizations you know it's newsletters going out it's physical posters stuck on the wall it's all the things you'd write in the box marked traditional techniques to get messages to people it's you must read you know big banners 10 10 10 inches tall on the main homepage. it's it's very obvious stuff that's been done time and time again and i think personally where i where i'm seeing some real success with communications and marketing teams against the team's platform is really where they they're they're trying to bring their expertise to bear to elevate the success that the team is having itself so rather than their engagement with the team of 40 people being uh here's an announcement about something completely irrelevant what they're doing is they're lurking and they're they're watching the conversations going on and they're drawing out the story and republicizing it within the team so so what you're what you're seeing is is sort of these forward-thinking comms professionals that are looking at that and going right. How do we get this, you know, team to to sort of take the next leap and understand what they're doing, especially in in a team where it's geographically dispersed. You know, time zones come in, people don't necessarily talk to one another as you know in live state like we're having a conversation now. And comms are sort of lurking in those channels. They're finding out the successes, you know, when the campaign goes live and it went live in Singapore, you know, how do we get that across the EMEA region? You know, APAC are going to see it, but EMEA need to know that it's happened. And they're kind of, they've gone into this microcosm of where they're, they're operating on a much more individual basis, which makes it much more contextual, which makes the, the input, you know, shorter, quicker to quicker to live effectively, and the team respond in a more positive fashion because it feels like the comms team is part of of their experience. It's it's you know, it's like them sitting on sitting on the on, on the same row of desks and saying, "Oh, guys, did you know that yesterday this happened?" And it's going to influence what you do today because you know there's a there's a new part of the platform live or there's new capabilities that the customers consuming. So I think that. You know they can they can be central and they can do their their traditional stuff, but if they really want to see game changing activity, they've got to get down embedded in into where the work's really happening for people to accept them. I think from an operational communications perspective, um, the new teams' capabilities with the announcements and being able to broadcast multiple teams is really good because previously someone would effectively need to write a SharePoint news article page or similar and if you're not a particularly confident writer or you're not in an industry where people generally write um, I think you probably would have seen a lot of people just not bother uh, and then of course as a partner you turn up and you'd hear 
usual thing from the customer which is there's loads going on in the business we're not sharing our successes properly we're not sharing our best practices properly uh, and it's because there was a high barrier to entry you had to write quite a lot and quite well uh, whereas I think the, the one good thing leading on from your point Wes that I can see coming from this is that that operational comms that quick few short sentences into a couple of teams it feels easier doesn't it it feels a little bit like posting something on facebook or twitter uh, you can make it brief but you know meet your objective of sharing with people the content that, that you need to uh, i also think it's a little bit less scary posting to a couple of teams than it is putting something in inverted commas on the intranet you know anyone could see that you kind of feel a little bit like you're on a stage so I do think that the new tooling will really allow for better internal communications as a high level objective I, I do uh, however sort of loop back to the concern we had at the very outset of the call which is if there's not that much going on in your business and you're quite an overzealous communicator you could end up posting reasonably mundane and unimportant things out into teams and, and disturbing people's productivity in a way that's more distracting than it is helpful and valuable yeah but so, so i saw a tweet today which i, I think was really good so as men uh, as team mentions or channel mentions are the new reply all you've spent you spent quite a lot of time on twitter yeah. today haven't you <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's the second i read on twitter today yeah are you stalking me? Which is not a Microsoft 365 <laughs> communication no. channel, interestingly. You should get on yeah. social media and do some work, Victor. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying yeah. you were reading on yeah, uh, Twitter but, today. Yeah. So, but essentially, the, all the mention, etc., just cluttering my teams where I have the conversation. So, so I don't think that is the perfect or a good alternative to the communications. And as you mentioned, for instance, like best practices, if you want to share that, I would never publish that in a Teams channel because, uh, yeah, this Teams today sort of have the same status when, it, status when it comes to Yammer, it's impossible to search. And also there's no way for you to go back and find those best practices or whatever. So they need to be stored in some kind of way where I can go back and see, here are all these best practices stories or these news article tagged with this. Uh, if you wanted long living, but of course, shorter announcements make sense in teams. I think that, um, you know, we seem to be broadly in agreement that these new capabilities are useful. They'll probably serve as a different type of communications than the sort of traditional uh, intranet piece in, in some instances. Uh, but going back to a problem we've sort of discussed on earlier podcasts, how do we think the awareness of these capabilities is going to work? Because if um, sort of Teams announcements and multi-team posting work better for those kind of strategic operational comms pieces, what are the chances that, you know, middle management all over the world are going to even know about these capabilities? Because we are all daily involved in helping organizations to onboard into Microsoft Teams. And, you know, we're teaching them the basics of where conversations are and where the sort of file out, file UI is and how to add a tab. Um, this feels like an incredibly useful capability. capability. How are we thinking we're going to get this out to the people that might use it? Is it something to tack on to general onboarding? Because it feels qualitatively different to that. Well, I think it comes back to... 
you know, chasing adoption for adoption's sake, you know, if you, if you say, oh, you know, we got 99% adoption in 100 days because we turned Skype off and we got Teams turned on, right? That's how most people are achieving 100% adoption of Teams because they turn the old thing off and they, people are forced to communicate and have their meetings through Teams, right? So, so, so the adoption metric is a, is a, you know, an easy one to chase. But if you're thinking about the real business outcomes, first, the organization's got to understand what it's trying to do. What it, What is it actually trying to achieve by being, a, you know, posting a, a notification across teams? I, I mean, I can think of at least one very uh, clear example where, you know, a finance function within an organization regularly need to communicate to 25 or 30 different teams with the same message to get inputs to their end of month run. I can see this sort of feature if you target that use case of, well, that goes out as an email right now. There's no clear indicator of who's read it and, and interacted with it. By putting it out as an announcement, people can be very clearly sort of, you know, clicking the like, can be engaged in the conversations and tell the person who originally posted it. So I think. It, for me, it's not a bolt-on. Just just throw it in the adoption bucket, like everything else seems to be at the moment. It's very much pick off your high-value targets. You know, if you do ten high-value targets over the next six months, you will have made a tangible difference to those business areas. And I think that that if if I was king for the day, that's where I would that's where I would run the business strategy in terms of rolling out these these particular types of features because it it only it only makes sense where it's going to make a difference if if you if you tell everybody about announcements then everybody makes announcements whereas if you tell those that are currently making cross team communications as part of their their business activity how to do it more intelligently using these features i think it makes a difference and i think the you know the the adoption moves from monthly active usage into actual business outcomes where somebody can say well actually we're being more efficient because we now got 25 different teams engaged with the finance team to make sure things are happening on time and the money's coming into the bank that sort of thing i would build on that a little bit right it, when you're new to an organization and you go through onboarding and training you tend to think whatever i'm told is important and i should do it and maybe making a cross-team announcement isn't something I need to do on my first day. Maybe it's not relevant. So I think there's a strategic decision has to be made about the training and exposure to these features, right? That as opposed to here's everything this the product can do and you figure out what's relevant. I think that that's a better, obviously harder to measure, but a better approach. <laughs> Well, I'd like to thank everybody for their comments today. Um, it will be certainly interesting to see how the uh, sort of communications experience within Office 365 evolves as Teams takes on a bigger, bolder, more central uh, character on, on the platform. Um, we will leave it here and uh, say goodbye. Thanks for listening. The New Habits Podcast is produced by Add-in365. Thank you to Victor Villain for participating. Please leave a review in iTunes along with a five-star rating. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening.